factory for windmill stuff and sports cars occasionally so you're gonna make like foam and balsa composite material anyways I wanted to talk about the future of space colonization and particularly I'm kind of looking out like in the next from like I'm looking like past 200 years from now to like the next few thousand years um, now I should know it is quite difficult to accurately predict um, what exactly is going to be the future? Um, you know, imagine you're a person in the 18th century trying to predict what we would have in the 21st century. Um, I mean, points off if you could even get electricity, you know, but you, you probably, you know, you might get the car if you're lucky. Um, or an airplane or something, air travel, you might predict that. But you're not going to predict something like a smartphone, you know, so... Th there are a lot of questions about where the limits of technology are, and whether we're rapidly approaching them or not. Um, I, I kind of think that we're, we're, in the next, like, hundred years, we'll probably discover a lot of technology, and the improvement from there, then on will be very slow until, like, a certain point. Yeah, but anyways, the, uh, what, what exactly would be the future for the next 200 to 1,000 years? And I think it's probably going to be similar to what we saw uh, when the New World was discovered, you know, at the end of the 15th century. And so, you know, a lot of the 16th century was about, you know, colonizing the New World. And, you know, the, so the Spanish and the British and... French, even the Portuguese, all made inroads into the United States, or not the United States, the North American, South American continent, you know. Um, some groups were more successful than others. You know, the Spanish and the British, probably the most successful. Um, and, you know, that, that kind of shaped a lot of where our world is today. So, you know, who are going to be the Spanish and the British? Uh, 200 years from now, I think it will likely be the Americans and the Chinese. Um, so I think I think the Americans and the Chinese will come out, you know, the two global superpowers out of the century. That's um, entirely circumstantial to like who succeeds Xi Jinping in China. Um, But, like, I think the thing about China is that it's, it's basically a self-sustaining dictatorship at this point. So, the, um, or oligarchies, once you know, totalitarian state, self-sustaining totalitarian state. Um, so I, I don't think it's, you know, prone for collapse or anything. You know, it, it used to be that we kind of thought, well, like, you know, the Soviet Union collapsed because of the failures of communism. Maybe Chinese government will go the same way. Uh, if anything, it's probably improved more than we would have liked. So I, I think, yeah, at this point, they've nixed the system. 
to make you self-sustaining. That's kind of a, like self-sustaining and improving. Um, and that's a little bit alarming because, you know, who, who would want to live under Chinese government, right? Um, but l- luckily there will be the Americans to cancel them out. And I, I think it's probably likely that we are one of the first intelligent species in our galaxy. So most of the galaxy will probably be colonized by us. Um, I mean, there might be like another species that's within a few million years of us that will run into. Um, They may not even be like particularly interested in developing out the galaxy or just explore it. Say, alright, call it it. Yeah, but I, I do think it'll probably be the Chinese and the Americans who will be launching the most uh, spaceships. And I think the Americans will definitely have a strong start in the beginning. Um, you know, particularly with Mars, you know, I mean, America's definitely going to be the first country on Mars, no doubt about it at all. And the first colony on Mars is going to be built by Americans. Um, and it'll probably be... Mars will probably be dominated by America for a long time. Um, You know, I think China's more focused on their own political ambitions here on Earth. And to be fair, like, America's too, but the the Chinese, you know, they're definitely very aggressive with it. Um, You know, they've kind of got, like, a a new age economic imperialism going on right now. Um, That was my blinker. A new age economic imperialism going on right now where they basically make poor countries put up, you know, important assets in their countries as collateral uh, for a debt or for a loan. Then when they default on the loan, China takes the, you know, the port or whatever is put up for collateral, you know, like the lithium industry or something of use to the Chinese. So I think we'll see them continue to succeed for quite a while. And maybe even surpass the Americans. I mean, they do have like four times the population, you know. And their population, in my opinion, works kind of more, maybe less efficiently, but like the, the, the work they do in China is definitely more important, in my opinion. They're, they, they produce a lot more material goods. Um, there's a heavy emphasis on manufacturing. I think, like, shifting to a service economy was kind of one of the things that U.S. policies should have tried to prevent, uh, but they didn't, so now we're here. I think we should try to shift back to manufacturing as much as possible, because I really think we can outcompete the Chinese um, in manufacturing. I mean, we definitely build better cars than they do. We, d- we could build better planes. And we build better rockets, so... Yeah, like, I think in the next uh, 100 years, what you'll probably see is that the Americans and the Chinese government, or the Chinese, will probably solidify their roles in the world pretty well, so, you know, they'll, they'll each have their allies, and their allies will be in relatively stable positions. Um, they'll develop, you know, what countries haven't been developed yet into 
Yeah, very. Like, better than the current first world countries right now is what they'll be developed into. Um, I don't think there'll be, like, any resource wars or anything. And the Americans, particularly motivated by SpaceX, or, you know, using SpaceX as a mechanism, will colonize Mars first. And I think they'll actually do a pretty good job of it. Like, I think by 2050, you know, you'll probably, you'll definitely have more than a thousand people on Mars, easily. Um, I mean, they're like living there and everything. And, you know, I think like the first, you know, kind of interplanetary uh, human-rated transport will have will be Starship. Uh, which is a, um, it's a ship built by SpaceX that, you know, carries pizza. It's like a fully reusable system that can basically shuttle 100 tons to low Earth orbit. And then it can get refueled in low Earth orbit and then continue on to its destination, which is Mars. Um, and the idea is that it will refuel on Mars and come back to Earth. So we'll see that a little bit. But what we'll also see, and this will be later, like maybe in the 2030s or 2040s, they'll start working on this, is a, a more efficient system where you have a dedicated... Um, low Earth shuttle, and that might be the Starship. And then you'll have a dedicated transfer vehicle. This will be like a long ship that's built in orbit. It'll carry a lot of cargo and it'll be very safe. Um, it'll be very big and safe. They'll probably run off something like a like a nuclear engine or an ion engine, or you know, depending on how the technology goes, there might be like metallic fusion or metallic hydrogen. Uh, as a fuel source, and so we're using a, a fusion engine. I, I do think a fusion engine is possible. You know, we'll probably see it no later than 2050, um, and it'll be it'll be very useful for creating a uh, single stage to orbit vehicle that can deliver like a meaningful amount of payloads into orbit. I mean, if you look at like the uh, efficiency, the theoretical efficiency of something like a uh, metallic hydrogen engine. Um, and then you try to like figure out like the mass fraction or like the payload fraction of like the rocket. Um, there's like a good rocket today might have like a like the payload to non-payload ratio like at the absolute best is like 10%. Um, but with a metallic hydrogen rocket you might be able to get like the fuel down to like 30% or 40% and then the rest of the rocket is a payload or you know like other systems so I definitely think you know a single station orbit vehicle that's capable of leaving Earth is possible and will get built in the future um, and then from there on It'll be really easy to get stuff into orbit. I mean, especially like once we get like a fully reusable system in orbit, and if it's going at pretty good rate, you know, um, like anytime you have an industry developed around something, it progresses rather quickly. Uh, I think it's good quick. So yeah. So Mars will probably you know mostly belong to the Americans. Uh, I think the Chinese will then make their own Mars base, probably pretty close to Americans at first, um, 
you know, within like 50 kilometers or something. This depends on how fast the Chinese space program develops. I mean, we'll, we'll likely have this we'll copy of the American design if it goes well. Um, it might take a while for them to kind of get up and running, but once they get running, you know, I, I definitely think they'll be kind of support it. And I think they'll have the leadership that, you know, sees this as a thing they want to do. Um, you know, you can't cede space entirely to the Americans, right? Would be nice, but... And then I'm not sure exactly when, like, a colony might declare independence. Um, might have been, like, 2070 or 2080. Like, a Mars colony might declare independence from the United States. Um, I mean, the United States government probably won't really govern the colony that much anyways. So, like, most of the colony decisions will be entirely dependent on the colony. Like, you know, how the colony operates entirely depend on the economy. Um, it'll probably be direct democracy, I think, for the Americans in the Mars colony. And to be fair, like, I, like or not to be fair, um, I do think, like, a lot of other people from different countries will end up in the American colony, or the SpaceX colony, as it should be called. Um, you know, and you, you know, past, like, 2040, I think you'll start seeing, like, serious activity of getting people to, like, the moons of Jupiter. Um, and I think around, like, 2040 is where, like, Chinese space interests might get realized. Um, so they'll... Around, like, maybe 2040, they'll probably start putting a lot of work into colonizing other planets. Assuming they don't like start like a war in Southeast Asia or something. Sometimes I wonder if they like they might just invade all of Southeast Asia. Um, you know, definitely they've invaded places before, so this isn't like something out of question for them. Be a bold move. Um, I think like kind of probably like one of the sources for the destruction of the Communist Party would be like an ill-fated attempt to invade Taiwan. Um, you know, like, I think if they jumped the gun on that, the international community would be outraged and there might be a serious war or something. And it might get pretty disastrous. I think it's probably entirely dependent on American response, honestly. Um, so the Americans call out the Chinese and that goes into war. Um, oh, that's going to be absolutely, absolutely terrible. But, I don't think that will happen. I don't think, I don't think China will try to invade Taiwan until they're sure they can get away with it. Taiwan. Like, part of me thought they were going to invade Taiwan, um, like in the 2020s. But then they kind of had the issues with Hong Kong and the coronavirus, so kind of, I think like that kind of delayed them a little bit from like kind of their ambitions, um, their Xi Jinping's ambitions. 
And like Xi Jinping, like he, he's a pretty, he's a pretty communist guy. He's like loyal to the communists. Um, he's not just using it as like a mechanism to ascend the power. No, he's like an actual Marxist. Uh, yeah. It, it, it comes from what is called the, the Red Princes, which is um, the sons and daughters of the uh, original communist leaders of China. But then there's kind of like a purge of a lot of communist leadership. And this should know that people, like a lot of times in communist countries, you see like a purge of. Once someone gets the power, they purge all the people they don't trust, right? Um, so Xi Jinping's father was part of that. Xi Jinping got sent to the countryside for manual labor at Pig Farm. And then he he came back to the communist, or yeah, he became a member of the Communist Party, worked his way up to the government. I think it was, he was like the, he was like the guy in the Shanghai. Um, that looked the prominent area he was in charge of. The Shanghai's done very well, so, you know, point in case. Um, now he runs off China. It was preceded by uh, Jiang Zemin, right? Toad Man. We'll have to see who succeeds uh, Xi Jinping. I'm not sure it's gonna be. It's, probably, it's not gonna happen for a while. It's not gonna have like 20 years at least. Unless he like dies, he gets assassinated or something. Um, yeah, so assuming like, you know, the, the world stays relatively peaceful, which I think it will. Um, in 2040, I think the Chinese will start going into space a lot more seriously. They'll put like serious weight behind it. And the first destination they'll go to is of course going to be Mars. And they'll, they'll probably build a strong economy, but always, or a strong, you know, set colonies, but always lag behind the Americans, I think. Yeah, you know, once the American colony gets self-supporting, I think, I think there'll be like a huge explosion of people going to Mars once like the American colony gets up to like a few thousand people. Um, I think like it'll really take off. That's, that's because I think like the economy would do, be doing really well on Earth and it'll be, it'll be cheap to go to Mars. A lot of people see it as like a land of opportunity. A lot of weird people, but um, I mean, I would go in 2040. I, I, I probably want to stay on Earth for a while, just to experience Earth, you know, but... I don't know, it depends on how well my, my youth lasts and stuff. Um, so th there are tech there's technology, like brain-to-computer interface, it's emerging technology. And it could potentially be very useful for extending someone's life. Um, I mean, like, if, so, if you can successfully emulate a human brain, um, then you've essentially made that person immortal. As long as you can keep the like, computers and powering them, right? That person will be able to stay alive. Um, so, and what are like the challenges associated with emulating a human brain? Or like, what's like, like the worst case scenario, what do you have to do? You have to create a simulation 
of like every single atom, electron, proton, you know, every single tiny subatomic particle that is in a human brain. You just have to map it, put it in the right place, and set it to motion inside like a, a virtual environment, right? Uh, kind of a huge, difficult thing for us to do right now because, you know, our computers are quite limited and the human brain's got like, human brain's got um, like 10 trillion connections at least. You know, how many cells does it have? It's probably got like over a billion neurons, I think. Or maybe a billion's a little high. 100 million neurons, you know, somewhere around there. And then a trillion to 10 trillion synapses. Um, and how many cell or how many atoms are each one of those things, right? So you gotta be able to mimic, like, you have to at least be able to mimic the, the, the neuron, right? But you probably have to go a little further than that. Um, or there might be, you know, more efficient ways to do it. Like, we might, well, at the, at the very worst, you have to mimic every subatomic particle. And so, you know, 100 trillion connections, probably got like, I don't know, a trillion to like the sixth or seventh worth of atoms, right? Maybe not that high. A trillion to like the third or fourth worth of atoms to simulate. Um, so a very large number, but actually definitely a feasible number. So it, like at worst case scenario, you might need like a computer sized quantum, or like a building sized quantum computer or series of quantum computers. Well, like, okay, here's the weird part though, is that the human brain fits inside of like a small space. So we know theoretically you can get a human brain down to a very small space. Uh, but like the first emulations of a human brain might require, you know, like an entire building full of computers. So, you know, it might start as like a technology for like, or like something for only like the rich. Um, and then there's also like the problem of trying to map the human brain. So how are you going to do that, you know? Um, but BCI technology is advancing really rapidly. So the fact that, you know, BCI and me, everything's all going well. Um, I mean, it'll probably start like, so it'd be like a series of surgeries to get like a BCI in. So first you'll get like a, um, you'll get like a, a BCI implanted into your occipital lobe which is the part of your brain that's responsible for processing vision. And well, what this will be is it will, you know, it'll, um, be able to read information from neurons that, you know, it'll be able to read information and give information to neurons that are responsible for vision. So I'll be able to record my vision it, as well as being able to overlap stuff. Um, and it'll only expand from there, I think, you know, probably the next thing you'll get is like some sort of auditory enhancement or auditory first actually. Um, so you know, I can listen to music and then, you know, it'll probably interact with your more motor controls. So then with, without really thinking about it too hard, you'll be able to um, control like a robot autonomously. And it'll be like, you know, like your arms and stuff or things that are your arms. And eventually, slowly, the BCI technology will work its way up into like the prefrontal cortex. And uh, you'll be able to do a lot more abstract things with it. And that will be like where it really gets really overpowered. Um, and then, you know, combine this with artificial general intelligence, which will probably be play an integral role 
and helping advance BCI technology to a point where we can download a human brain. Um, it's going to be pretty overpowered. And, like, you know, I, I do think the people of the future are going to be immortal. Or at least someone or some people in the future are going to be immortal. It might be, like, something that's earned for, uh, you know, members who are loyal to, like, the Communist Party and China's working on technology or, you know, whatever it all is. But, you know, the technology is definitely going to democratize. And, or it, if, it's, if it's developed by the Americans, it's definitely going to be democratized. We're making good progress on it. I'm really excited to see, like, the updates from Neuralink. Um, yeah, anyways. Uh, th- thanks for listening. I'm home now, so I'm going to stop recording this.